and welcome to 12 Questions. Hey, this is Anna Valenzuela, and soon to be joining us will be Alex Young. He is on his way, stuck in that holiday traffic. And today, uh, we have the very funny, the very sweet, the gem. How do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, I'm Casey Moran. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to be here. (laughs) It's good to be here. This is our round two. We yes. had done one, and it was a really, really long episode, and I lost half the files like a spaz. And so um, we're redoing it. And I'm glad, because I think we're both in a better place right now. I was just going to say that, because I remember I was super manicky that day, and I was so lost. And it got to a point that I was kind of glad you didn't air it, not because of what I said, but because... There was a moment where you got a phone call that I don't know if we could really have we talked about. We couldn't have talked about it yet. So, but it was I got so a, I good. I got a phone call from the king of television saying I was going to be on television is what happened. Right. <laughs> and I couldn't, and like, so I like left the, it was just a weird mm-hmm. thing. It was a weird, it was a weird vibe. It, it was a weird vibe when we went mm-hmm. back and we went, Yeah. but I think beginning and, it was great. And like a week later, you ended up going back into mental health hospital? I did. I sure did. Uh, as actually this on uh, the same day that you were on television the next day i went in to oh. the facility so it was just one of those things where it was literally one of those best of times worst of times scenarios for both of us <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i wish i could have audio recordings of how i was before so i can listen back when i'm in a good place and kind of i still have half of it i can send it to you yeah oh, is it which half of it is <laughs> the it the first part okay that's part yeah i would like to, uh, yeah, send okay. it over <laughs> please <laughs> and that's uh you're a fascinating person because you are um, you are not necessarily a twelve step person, but you're a twelve step adjacent person, mm-hmm. and um, you go you've gone to support groups and you do you like all the self helpy things. You'll mm-hmm. get a kick out of this. I did two chapters of Codependent No More today, like I love a it. rock star. That is, especially with <laughs> what you're going through right now to do anything, you know that's. It seems grueling when you're going through a bunch of physical stuff, you know. Yeah. And to do that when you're, when you're, you know, trying to get better is huge. You know. <laughs> well, to be um, for the listeners, uh, I'm I'm currently I've I've talked a lot about an impending surgery, and now I'm recovering from that surgery. <laughs> right. So we took a few weeks off of recording so I could uh, put my uterus back in where it's supposed to go, and uh, right and uh yeah that so i want to but i want to i could talk about me all day don't get me wrong yeah don't get me wrong <laughs> and you are a very good interviewer oh thank you, you. have interviewed me on a podcast oh where that's I great that was really funny i was that... like excuse me i have to throw up <laughs> i think we were at our best then <laughs> that, and... <laughs> that was a great that was really great actually it was very uh... funny so I want to know, like, like what, like, how do you? Because you've had a lot of surrenders in your life, mm-hmm. you've had a lot of stuff happen. Right? How do you, given the things that you have to deal with, how do you experience surrender? You know, to me, I guess the definition of surrender for me is is just giving up. And if if I give up, then I let the depression win. And I fought this for fifteen years now. I can't let it win. So mm-hmm. to experience. That and I and I've thought about giving up and I've attempted giving up, but to me, because I've been through so much and I've you know I've I've seen and heard so many stories about you know suicide attempts or the worst depression episodes, I just need to keep going. So the way I kind of deal with surrender is 
just reminding myself that I've gone through it before and that I can continue to not only help myself, but hopefully help other people by sharing my story. That's beautiful. That's sort of that acceptance of like, oh, I know what this is. Right. Oh, hello. Yeah. Hi, it, I haven't it, seen you in a minute. Depression. Exactly. And that that's hard because. Is I, that harder on the manic upswing? Absolutely. Because my, you know, what's crazy is like the people that are closest to me know when I'm manic and they don't even have to ask. And I think that I've probably based on average lived seven months of depression and five months without mm-hmm. depression, at least on average. This year has okay. been better, but it's, so I'm used, I'm, I'm probably, and I, cause I remember 16 to 31 more than I remember one to 16. I know how to live in depression more than I know how to live without it. I'm more familiar with it. Oh. So it's a, it's hard because when you're in that manic upswing, everything seems amazing and everything seems great. But because you're dealing with so many things in your head and also, you know, so many people in your life are coming and going and they don't know how to handle you and relationships are always shit for me. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's hard. And, you know, like dealing with what we talked about before on, on the first uh, episode, is that I have this potential sex addiction. And that's been really hard because I feel like I don't have it anymore because I've gone months without it. So I feel like an addiction, you'd have to have it. Mm -hmm. But I was trying to fuck my depression away Mm -hmm. by, you know, uh, sleeping around. And, you know, once you finish, it's not, you just feel worse, you know? Yeah, as much as peaches would advertise it as a solution, it might not be. <laughs> it's exactly it. It's exactly it. It's not. It it's not yeah, be the solution. Mm-hmm. And that would you say that's been kind of your like most obs- insane sort of moments in in and out of your depression, or because I had a friend who um, would describe her mania as uh, living in the song Rock Lobster. I don't even just, know that song. You know from the B-52s? Like, Oh, my gosh, yes. That's a great way to put it. It's it's weird because you, I'm not a drug guy, and I feel like when you're manic, you're literally living on this, like, cloud, and you're just, you just think, like, oh, I can't, I can't fall from this. I cannot yeah. fall. I'm going to continue to go. And when people see you that know you, if they don't know you, they might think you're on drugs. Like right. I've never done Coke, but it looks like I'm on Coke all the time. Yeah. Like I'm just so energetic and just bouncing off the walls. But the thing about cocaine is I've never done it or tried it and I don't plan on it. But from what I know about it, people that have done it in my life say like the idea of going to get the Coke is the biggest high. And for me, that's kind of how what sex addiction is like. Uh, like going to get yeah. laid is more. It just it feels a lot better than it's more actually getting yeah. the actual act. The drive there, once yeah. You're there you're like, oh well, this is it. Right. That's We're exactly here. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's about as quick as it is for me too. So it's like it's great. You right. know, you just show up, and on the way there, it's you know, it's awesome. I can't wait to get this. And then you drive back, and you feel like you just feel terrible just about the whole situation. It's supposed to be intimate. And I'm at, I'm past that point of like, you know, just hookups, but I still do it because it's what I know best, you know? Do you foresee yourself doing like a 12-step program for sex addiction? Absolutely. I, really? I've gone to them. Here's why I know I, 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 I might not be a full sex addict, but there's some addiction to it. Um, because a friend told me that they think I need to go to a sex addiction group, you know, like a, okay. you know, and I was like, cool, I'll do, I'll go. And then I showed up and I was like, there was only guys there. She goes, yeah. And I was like, I want girls to be there. She's like, why, Casey? And I was like, so I could fuck them. And she goes, that's exactly why you need to go to these ones. 
That's yeah. That's <laughs> right. a, that's a that's a good friend who sent yeah. you just an address. She didn't tell you it was a men's right. meeting. Right. But yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. You're so funny. I try. You're one of the only people. When some people make like big announcements right. on social media about quitting comedy, yeah. you're one of the people. Where I was like, oh, because you. your voice and your humor is. You know me. I love me a dark joke. Yeah, I love, yeah. You know. I love a joke about just like the real, like laughing when you're really not supposed to be laughing. That's laughing the when best. You should be crying. Right. And your jokes about depression, I think, are not only informative, but they kind of help normalize the situation because we know more people with depression than not. I think right. I think this world's kind of like people are getting better and better at talking about it. And Thank God, because it's been it was years that like in 2003 when I got diagnosed, people it was so taboo to talk about, right. you know, and, and now it's like, you know, especially with these assaults and stuff going on. And I'm not saying that depression is related to it, but I think that now that people feel the need to like come and talk about something and they can finally feel open enough and comfortable enough to speak out about these things, yeah. I think mental illness is going to come up more than, you know, we can recall it. I think I I wonder if it's just a generations long like the greatest generation was very good about not discussing their feelings but very good at discussing what happened. They discussed right. what happened. Yeah. And um and then sort of boomers started talking about their feelings but it was in this way this sort of untrained way like nobody really taught them how to do it. And now, you know, as millennials and you know from Gen Xers on, we we have this opportunity. We've we've had a couple of generations with the idea of talking about feelings and so now we have this sort of like tidal wave of change in our society that's based on saying hey this thing that you did made me feel this way we've now progressed from in my opinion we've progressed from this is what occurred to this is what occurred and this is what the emotional result was right that's really you're so intelligent and good. <laughs> well no but you know what though like i feel like you've gone through a lot and you've gone through a lot with, with recovery and, and all that at, at an early what, age. And you know what I was thinking though, when you were talking about it, when I started doing therapy and started addressing my anxiety and started addressing my codependency in therapy because of 12 step programs, I kind of had like a, a language and I could move pretty quickly through stuff. Right. And I think if you started going to a 12 step program because of your experience in mental health, you will, and your experience, like just, telling people your story i think you'll progress really quickly through that oh wow i think the two things are hand in hand yeah you know that's a that's a i, I really appreciate you saying that because i think i need now that i have more time without comedy like i i'm trying to <laughs> well it's great though because i have more time to focus on myself and yeah. do things that i want to do and um what are you doing i'm working on motivational speeches yeah. and it's like my it's honestly it's the best like i'm i'm gearing up to do them in the spring mm -hmm. at high schools like you know um that I either I went to or I know somebody that works there, schools that I announced that and uh, just share my story in classrooms, health classes, whatever, wherever they'll have me. And then just kind of I have this whole like plan of like doing kind of like TED Talks, but like short ones and like 10 minute ones. Yeah. But I want to call them like Casey Chats. I got to like look in the legalities and see what I can do. How did you come to this decision that this was for you? Like where where did you make the turn the corner from like comedy? You've turned a few corners. So yeah. Sports announcer. Right. Comedian. Yeah. Now motivational speaker. How did you make those decisions? Well, it wasn't until I did my podcast and I and people started talking about how it's really helped them. Yeah. That I was like, 
well, this is great, and I'll keep this going. But I think if I do, it's a great podcast, by the way. Thank you, you should so plug much. it right now. Oh, it's thank you so much. It's called Discussing Depression. Yeah, I love it, and uh, it's the best thing. It's it's well where I feel the most me. You know, I okay. feel like with even with comedy, there I felt like I had to be another. It wasn't until the end that I started feeling like myself on stage, and it wasn't until with sportscasting, it took five years until I started really feeling comfortable, and yeah. I did it for ten. So for podcasting there was no there's i'm i'm it's just me there's nobody that's saying you need to do this or you need to stop talking about this it's it's nothing but this like i had a friend tell me this is the best thing i've seen you do because i finally get to see that serious side of you that nobody else gets to see because i'm always on and it's always like this dad joke and pun and annoyingness <laughs> and this is just me talking about real shit in my life and it's it's been the most therapeutic thing i've ever done and it's therapy in its own right and then hearing people that I don't know talk about how it's helped them and how they can tell their family that, that they have depression, but they couldn't explain it. And then they had to listen to me explain what mine's like. That's the oh, best that's feeling. Great. Yeah, that's the best feeling I've ever got in anything oh, I've that's done. that's amazing. So I was like, how do I take that and just help people? I don't care about making money. So I want to do it and do it at schools and do it wherever will have me, whether it's mental health, you know, like yeah. uh, mental hospitals or inpatient programs, anything that I that'll have me. I want to do that. And then um, the the main goal is I want to own a nonprofit about mental health and kind of have like a day program where people can kind of just come and hang out and have people share their story and just feel like they're not alone like every a sense day. Of community. Absolutely. And that, yeah. that's, that's the hope. Uh, that's, that's very long term. But right now I'm just focusing on myself and going to bed at a reasonable hour and like it's the best you know how comedy is uh, more than uh, me like you're it's uh, insane it's, i spent i spent like three years just going to bed at two in the morning and right. waking up whenever i had to be awake like that yeah. and two was good like two is a good night right. and it really affects your mental health oh it my really it's uh, panic attacks oh my I had everything all kinds of stuff just because i needed to go to sleep if you can just lay in bed before nine o'clock it might be the best feeling ever like I just that the other it's night. the best and it's I like had one of those emergency bedtimes right and i watched the great uh british bake-off and was in bed oh, by like 8 30 <laughs> it's i love <laughs> that <laughs> you know what i love about it's the best i feel like when you're laying in bed before 10 as a comic, you feel like you're, you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you feel like yeah. you're not supposed, like, am I supposed to be here? Like, it's probably a show I could hit right that's now. That's when work is happening. That's calling in sick to comedy. It's exactly it. Yeah. 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 And I think what I miss most about comedy isn't even performing. It's always producing and putting on shows. And and, and, and that was my you're very good at. Thank you. I, I think I was a whatever comic, but I loved producing. That That's the one thing. And listen, I, I worked hard on both, but producing, meeting people like you and Alex and all these people that I've met has been the best part of it. Like the, the people that I stay in touch with are the ones that I knew I'd stay in touch with. Yeah. They're not the one like the ones that just needed the spots. I didn't think I would stay in touch with them. And that's okay. Like that's right. that's part of the thing. Um, but I'm, you know, I met so many amazing people and I think there's a misconception that comedians are degenerates and they're not good people. There's some of the best people I've ever met were in yeah. comedy, you know? Yeah. So it's just, I'm just trying to work on myself the best I can and, and taking this long break, maybe, uh, you know, official break from comedy has been the best thing for me right now. For yeah, sure. Definitely. Definitely. And you know, it's one of those things where you don't, I think a lot of times when people need to make life changes, they experience too much fear to make the change. Right. And I think that, 
I, what's really kind of beautiful is you've been really open with like, hey, I'm making a change. Yeah. And this is my process. And these are my feelings. Right. And I think that's that's been really valuable. It's been valuable to watch, you know? Thank you. Well, I have to thank you because the people, whenever I'm going through a real issue, I'm, I put it on Facebook or whatever. And, uh, I, you know, you would hit me up and say, Hey man, are you okay? And like, that means more than, than yeah. anything. Cause you, you know, you mean it. It's not mm. like, you know, and, uh, yeah, you know, other people, uh, even your co-host actually, uh, <laughs> has helped me out too. <laughs> hey, he's here, guys. Hey. It's Alex. Hey, what's up gang? I made it. Sorry. You made it. You look great today. Hey, look at yeah, you. Man. Well, daddy had an audition. So, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Okay. Love it. Um, Making moves and shaking, you know. Yes, yes. It's all, all about reaching out and helping and being one with the community. He's just trying to make a paycheck right now. That's He's just right. trying to pay the rent. All day. Aren't we all? Aren't we all yeah. just trying to pay Absolutely. the rent? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Actually, I don't know what that is. I live at home, and I don't I haven't paid rent very. Which long. is cool. You have you have you have family members at home that are very they're like, the best, super supportive and nice and sweet. Yeah, I mean, my mom is a drug counselor herself, and so that's been she really understands what I'm going through. Yeah, and my dad's been very supportive. Uh, and then a pug. Pugs are the best. So uh, yeah, you have a pug. Yeah, Sadie. <gasps> nice. She's the best. I gotta meet this pug. Yeah, she's great. I, okay, so we're on our fourth question, Hello. and so um, what I was going to say is, uh, what it, what's through this process of dealing with depression, making life changes, what has been the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself? You know, I think the most surprising thing I've learned about myself is that I'm a lot stronger than I give myself credit for. Yeah. Because if you fight anything for 15 years like you can't be a pussy you know like you just can't be like That's right and yeah i mean it's you get knocked down when you get up again you're never gonna keep me down you know philosophy mental health i literally listen to that song way more than i should oh no that's amazing you have actually music i think is probably the most surprising thing i've learned about you uh-oh is that um, Casey has like just a fearless, cheesy but uplifting music collection it's, and like taste that's kind of like your Gloria Estefan love is oh. just I can never listen to I can never listen to the song again without thinking of you. It's pretty never, great. I've never heard someone sigh so hard for I Gloria Estefan. Love just, Gloria Estefan. Oh. She's just jizz in my pants for Estefan. Just the most positive. Like you can't oh. like you can't be sad if you're like one. Two, oh, three, it's four, come on, baby. it's the uh, best. It's just it makes me so happy. I think that she never got her due. Like I listen, <laughs> she <laughs> she did all right. She did all right, but it's like you know I you know, I, you know when she went to In Sync and did that song. It was In Sync or Backstreet Boys. I don't even remember which one. She did one of them with them, and it's like ah, that's and I like them. Just that scratching for relevance. Yeah, I was just like come on, you know, like I just I just love you get her. old like Barbara, not like Madonna. Right. I yeah. look at Groupon all the time to see if she's you know. Oh my god! Like, where's Gloria? Big fan of her for sure. Oh my gosh! But yeah, I mean, I'm like a 14 year old girl with my music taste. Like, I love the Beebs. I love Taylor Swift. When you said Fearless, I thought you were referring to Taylor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love her. She's the most unfearless. I like no, but but she has an album called Fearless and a song called Fearless. 
I just want a motorboat her eyes, you know? <laughs> is this the only thing on her that's round enough that's to a, do so? Exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. She's got nothing else. Just, yeah. Everything else uh, is just angles. You're going to poke an eye right. out. Right. <laughs> I know. My nose will commit suicide, go off that bridge of her nose. <laughs> great. Love that. She's got pug eyes. She does have pug eyes. They're just like these cat eyes. Oh, I love Taylor Swift. She's the uh, she. Well, her and Gloria Stefan should do something together. <gasps> All right, we're putting it out yeah, in the universe. That. That's right. King of music land. Yeah, done. Let's, I know. Uh, I'll uh, drive past. I'll drive past Capitol Records and yell it out the window. Okay. <laughs> You're like, I want to see Bob do it. Okay. Uh, um, you should. Right. St- you should start a petition on Move.org. For, I, sh- for I should. I totally would love to do that. Oh. I'm just so happy right now. If you do, okay, here's the deal. Now you have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because our listeners will have to go and sign that petition. Done. I'll Mm -hmm. sign it. Alex will sign it. We'll sign it. Oh, done. I think that'd be great. That would be it's that like, would be so much yeah. fun. It's like, dude, I love you know, we get it. Ed Sheer, another white guy. Let's go Hispanic, you know? Like let's have a good little combination here. Let's do it. I, I love it. Yeah. Let's do it. A little daddy Enjoy. Yankee, maybe. Little yeah. daddy Yankee Ooh. would be great. Yeah. <laughs> you know who they should bring back is Lou Bega. Lou Bega. Oh Mambo number five, and that's it. Legendary. Legendary. Okay. Little bit of Taylor is all I want. It's done. Remix. <laughs> oh the, my gosh. You heard it here live. Casey Moran's pitching an entire 90s mashup album yeah, the, of uh, Taylor Swift. Let's get and some Cisco in there, thong songs. What? Go? Oh no. That's like yeah. the carpool lane of the cool. 90s. <laughs> I think she's too classy for the thong song. Uh, not Pony, now. Have you heard Reputation? Yes. Oh, I haven't Re- heard all Reputation of Reputation is ooh, scandalous. Ooh, ooh. I think she says shit once. <gasps> oh, girl. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I will have uh, to check that out. I'll send you a song. Dress is what it's called. Ugh. Okay. Number 12. Because I listened to the I listened to the one. <laughs> what did this so like funny. turn into like the housewives of the comedy store? <laughs> this is, yeah, we just we just we're keeping I, it fun. That's, but, uh, yeah, music's important though, because when we're going through shit, like music really does help change our mood or lets us feel better or like be okay to cry. Like you can listen to sad music while crying. Evanescence, done. Gonna fucking cry. Yeah. <laughs> like always. You know? For me, it's uh the national. You want to um, get a good cry on? Listen I, to anything from the national. I'm, I think Just I might do that. Sad. It sounds like if dads could cry. That's oh, the sound of dads crying. I is the national. Yeah. Uh, Sam Smith gets me. I listen oh, to little really? Sam Smith. I love that. See, that's classic. That is classic. Little uh, qu- lip quivers. Just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. It's important to cry. You know, like yeah. I, I heard on a like, Garden State. Natalie Portman said, like, I enjoy a good cry, and like I mm-hmm. feel that same way. You know, like uh, I think it's. As a guy, I don't really give a fuck if people know I'm crying or not. Like, I try to schedule a cry in a week because, no. I used to do that when I first started doing comedy because I realized I was doing too much. uh, It was putting too much serotonin in my brains with all the laughing. And so I was like, I should probably get a good cry. It's so important to balance that out and Mm -hmm. also to, like, let emotions go. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't even have to be a sad cry. Like, you could be happy about where your life is and you can tear up about that. You know, it's yeah. it's just important. Like I'll watch a sad movie. Uh, Perks being wallflower is my go-to. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not even that sad, but like, uh, but then if I want to really cry, Rudy. Inspirational sports oh, movies man. always fucking get me. <laughs> always done. Invictus. Never saw no, that with Matt okay. Damon and Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. I'm IMDb. 
I once saw uh, I once saw Million Dollar Baby <gasps> on a Valentine's Day day. Yikes! Two thousand five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. That was two thousand five. And you know who was great in that that didn't get enough credit was Jay Baruchel. Oh. He was the, he was the special needs boxer that oh, like they yeah. were making fun of, and he oh, was yeah. so good in that. Mm-hmm. Oh. See, you're delighted. I'm, I'm ready to Maybe cry Maybe that's now. your other podcast is uh, sports movies. Sports <laughs> you know, movies with Casey Moran. You can announce them. Like, that, oh my God, game. that would be great. Yeah, that would be fun to do. <laughs> and you just cry throughout just the whole Just cry podcast. through the whole <laughs> 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 And let her play. Oh she my God. bit her tongue <laughs> off. <laughs> Oh, when, when Denzel Washington, you cannot replace a Gary Brutier as a person and as a player. Oh, done. done. Always cry. <laughs> Everything's done. Oh, done. Game well, over. And with that being said, what would you say your like level of honesty is in your life? Right now, it's been just 100% honesty with everything. And that's that's good and bad. Like with girls, it's been bad because I'm just like super honest. If it's on Tinder, I'm just like, listen, I'm only on here to bang if you are cool. If not, like... And a lot of girls appreciate that because you're not playing games, but the other times are like, oh, well, later, like, you know, cool. But in life, like, if somebody asks me a question, I'm going to tell them, like, the honest answer. But I feel better when you don't hold back, you know, and you don't – you have to be honest. And there's a way to be honest and not brutally honest. And yeah. to me, I've, I don't think I've ever been more honest. And that's that's scary to me because I think it's going to get bad. You know, I think that sometimes I'm going to hurt someone and I, that's my biggest fear is I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings and I I hate that. And now that I'm not doing comedy or not producing shows, I don't have to run into people and asking, you know, like why I didn't, I didn't book them enough or whatever. (laughs) I just don't have to deal with it. Do people hit you with that one? Yeah, a couple of times. And it was really hard because it was just like, there was, there was a lot of times there was no reason. It was just like, oh, there's like an, a ton of, like literally I went through all the lineups recently and I had over 200 comics that I booked through the the years that I've done it. So it's like, it's just an influx of comics. Like, yeah, Yeah. sure. I have my favorites, but there's also, it just like, it just, sometimes I just forgot about certain yeah, people. Sometimes I'm one person, you not know. Not being around right. out of place out of mind. There's yeah. So many comics. There's so over yourself. Yeah, now. Get over yourself. <laughs> You're not the only uh, sorry. No, no good dude. Please I, rant. I guess cuz when I did a show too, people when I produced a show, it was the same thing. Yeah. Same thing everybody hitting you up, yo, can't get any stage time. I'm like, I've booked you three times and you didn't show up. Like, exactly. Shut up. Exactly. That's why I don't book my show. Oh, I have a man. booker. That's so oh. smart, Anna. <laughs> I How much do you pay him to deal with that shit? <laughs> it's pretty she goes through kind of a roller coaster cuz she has her wish list, but we have like a running list. We call the we we all I could text her right now and say, "Hey, put someone on the list." Like right. you're on the list, mm-hmm. Alex. Like, yeah. Everyone's on the list. Yeah, go go, go ahead now. Send her the lineup. my name again. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure. I'll make sure. Um, but yeah, we just sort of it was it took it was one of those things where it was like uh, sort of like a principles before personalities thing, and I was nice. like, I don't want it to. I want. I can't wear two hats at once. I can't be a comedian and the producer of the show at the same time. Right. That's, that's so smart because I did that for way too long and. A lot of times I just ended up producing shows and not performing on them because it was just giving me too much anxiety. Like yeah. I wanted to make sure the show was going good before anything else. And that way you give somebody else a spot by having them host. So it kind of right. that helped. But yeah. I have to amend my last statement. Also, the person running the show, it was her dream to start a show and her dream to create the lineups because she didn't agree that the clubs in town were doing it right. She was like, they're oh. passing the wrong people. 
Oh, I shit. think there's people they're passing over. So I have to amend that. It was one of those things where I was like, actually, this works out really good. So I can't take credit for that. Wow. That's me I being love honest that. right now. No, that's hey. great. Like, <laughs> she kept on. that 100 for that, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's great. Yeah. So I'm sorry. That's I'm like, way to <laughs> loop it back around. Sorry. Um, I haven't left the house a lot, guys. And that's what you get is a babbly, crazy person. <laughs> what would you say? How do you deal with fear and anxiety? You know, Lately, with fear, I've kind of been taking things head on. This is going to get laughs, but it's not, it doesn't, it shouldn't, because I had a catch up phobia for many years. And that's true. And I saw a counselor for it in college. And lately, I've just been fucking tackling that. Like, not I, I used to I used to have somebody having the cover like if you're at a restaurant like the ketchup bottle. Why were you, what was going on with ketchup? Uh, well, the truth is, this is I know yeah, you can you laugh away, just, please. Uh-huh. No, I'm not laughing, but you can't just say like I had right. a ketchup phobia and then yeah. not describe yeah, it. Sure. Yeah, I think <laughs> so that's we well, gotta yeah. know what that it is. Needs to be addressed. No. <laughs> uh, is it just the presence of ketchup caused you fear? Maybe, but what the the counselor said. Uh, it was, I say counselor because it was like a grad student, you know? Yeah. And they said, well, we, we went, yeah, like by the fourth one, she's like, oh, we got to figure this out. When, like, what do you think it was? And I was like, I think my brother used to force me to eat ketchup <gasps> and say it's not American that I don't like ketchup. And he's four years <gasps> older and I was a kid. And it's, and you, you know. Wanna, and you love your brother. I love you, him. He's the best. He's the best. He's a gem. He Shout is a out gem. to Casey's brother. He's great. <laughs> uh, and I don't even know if he knows it, but like to me, I think that's what it is. So it might be a PTSD thing about a condiment, which is just a, 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 a strange <laughs> a P- <laughs> a PTSD. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so what I'm saying is I'm tackling them more than I ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I've been more honest with people rather than letting things go on till I get hurt. Um, so that's tackling on a fear. Anxiety is a whole other thing because that can happen at any time. And and anxiety, mm-hmm. whether it's driving and you pull over and you have to fucking deal with it, or like I go to when I go to depression support groups, that's when I get the biggest anxiety is hearing somebody's story, especially when it's really sad. I have to step out and go into go outside and just take you know deep take breaths. A breather. Yeah, yeah. It's it's important. So. I think I'm much better with dealing with fear than I am anxiety right now. Interesting. Because you, you do a thing that requires a lot of humility. And, and you've done every once in a while, you'll check in. You'll have a conflict in your life. And you'll right. check in and go, hey, uh, can I run something by you? Yeah. And that's something that we learn to do in 12-step programs. Oh, wow. Uh, to be like, hey, can I run something by you just to make sure I'm not like blowing this out of proportion in my mind? Yeah. Or can I just, I just need to let this out of my head. And you've you've done that a couple of times where you've been like, hey, this thing happened. Can I run it by you? Yeah. And uh, I think it's like a really valuable tool. Well, and thank you. It means a lot that I have great people in my life that I can just run it by and go, listen, if you don't have time, I totally get it. But right now, I, maybe I'm out of line here, but I think... I'm in the right and I just, and if, please tell me if I'm not. And the best part about being honest is like if you trust someone, they're going to tell you what they think, whether you want to hear that or not. And that's going to help you grow, I believe, uh, especially if they're honest with you. Um, but it it's tough. It's like lately I've been going through things and I've just instead of letting them get worse i've been tackling them and it's just it feels so much better like at the time it's tough but like as you move on you're like man like now i don't have to deal with that anymore it's it's really great i love it and did you say all this to that bottle of ketchup (laughs) 
<laughs> fucking hate ketchup, man. You don't I have s- to like it. No, I just smell it, and it's just it's just so bad. Like people I just, who hate ketchup hate it the way people who hate cilantro hate cilantro. It's I like on that. Cilantro. It's on that level. I don't know wow. any cilantro haters. I know people you that don't, don't. You don't, don't know the people who think it tastes like soap. N- no, I had never. And thought then there's about people who cilantro. just like can't do avocado at all. See. For a while, I was a non-avocado guy, and then I went to a, a, an avocado festival or guac. Yeah, avocado festival, and I just it fucking changed my. I got this hat there. I loved it. I Damn, loved it. Wow. So yeah, He's that's an the avocado thing. Avocado man. Now. That's another fear. Wow. Like I was tackling things like I was. I wasn't giving them an honest try. I didn't try Nutella for the longest time, and there was no <gasps> reason. Really, Steve so Simone good. was the one that brought it to my life, and it's I haven't gone back since. Basically, shout out to Steve <laughs> Simone. If Steve Simone recommends a thing, you just go for just it. Just go for it because yeah. he's just all about joy and sunshine and love wow, and great. he's not gonna recommend that you eat something gross right like he's right. just not <laughs> oh buddy it's the best <laughs> oh let me tell you let me tell you <laughs> oh it's the best it's the best that's the, that's the I love him <laughs> the man's got the best teeth in the business oh he really does he really does and he I think he records in the same studio he does I was looking at the calendar he does it's uh what's the name of his podcast good times good Steve times Simone. Steve love Simone. It. I knew that appropriate Right. Yeah, it's per, it's, it, it doesn't fit him. And if it's like, I can't imagine his podcast being called anything else. Yeah. Um, Can okay. I ask you a question real sure. quick? Because I, I, you know, with the recovery thing, like I heard a comedian, Jay Moore, say he thinks that even if you don't have, if you're not an addict, like you should, you can benefit by going to 12 step like programs. Just anybody can benefit by going if you apply it the right way. Do you agree with that? I I think so. There's a um, really uh, popular book about ADHD called Driven to Distraction. There's Driven from Distraction. Right. And there's uh, the, he's a really well-known author. And there's a chapter. Do they in, just have chapters of like colors and there's like random pictures? Yeah, it's like, just shiny things. <laughs> um, it does. The book is interesting because it starts with like a, a forward, like a chapter in the beginning. that's like, if you have ADHD and there's no way you're going to finish this book, just read this chapter. Oh, and I then give the book love to that. a love, give the book to a loved one. Wow. And, and um, but there is a chapter about uh, how AD or how ADHD can be benefited from twelve step programs, and that there is a certain rhythm and a certain um, it helps build uh, honesty because right. ADHD people tend to, especially adult ADHD people, they've developed some white lies to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it helps develop, um, so it helps develop that rigorous honesty and it helps develop like planning and kind of getting in touch with yourself in a way that maybe you haven't let your, yourself do in the past. So I think for a lot of people, it could be beneficial Mm -hmm. and, and certainly people in my life who are normal, who've like gone through emotional stuff. Sometimes I wish I could just take them to a meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I used to, I had a friend whose wife was an alcoholic and then she left him and we didn't know what to do. So we just started taking him to meetings. Wow. And he had a, he said it really helped him understand what was going on in his relationship by listening to other people share their experience, strength and hope. And so I think for a lot of people, it can be beneficial. I think it it's beneficial in that way. I've been trying to write a spec script for the show Mom. Have oh, you yeah. Ever heard of that? Of course. It's Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris, and it's about multi generational alcoholism. Alice and Janney, too, right? Alice and Janney. Yeah. Is, and mm. I got to tell you, 
It's really good show. It is a great I've show. I've really yeah. been it. It hits it hits me in a um in a very specific place because I I think Alice and Janie's character is a lot like how my mom would have been if she had gotten sober. Right. And um, but I, I think shows like that have success because folks do kind of benefit from the spiritual principles involved. Um, it it does. There's just just a certain type of alchemy that you hear people now with therapy becoming bigger and self-help, you know, self-help's been, I mean, this isn't new. Self-help has yeah. been a thing, but I think what a lot of, t- a lot of times you hear people saying things like, you know, I'm just going to let it go. Or I'm going mm-hmm. to, you hear stuff like, um, that cracks me up about, um, I'll, I'll hear somebody say like, so I'm going to choose to believe, even though I don't like really believe in a higher power, I'm going to choose to believe that the universe is going to like help me with this thing. And I kind of think it's bullshit, but I'm going to choose to believe it because my therapist told me to. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. Like that, it helps. Like I right. choose to believe the better story, like to quote Life of Pi. I choose to believe the better story. And I think more and more people are learning to do that because we live in such a big, scary, anxiety provoking world and and the older we get we realize you know it's not like it's we're never going to cross some finish line and things are going to get easier Mm -hmm. our tools are going to get better but also our life responsibilities are going to get greater and so yeah that's true yeah so we have to kind of like we have to improve so i think that you know i kind of wish there was just like a fucked up people's anonymous you know or like a you know i give up synonymous (laughs) whatever that is but that's why there's so many there's like over 350 380 there's some i haven't looked it up lately but there is um like hundreds of 12-step programs and it's all free and it's why not do it it's all free it's all free and it's um get better at what you do like things don't get easier you just get better is a quote I've heard. Yeah. And yeah. Th- that's good, like, just to bounce off of what Jay Moore was saying. A lot of big comedians, like, do that. And I'm like, hey, if they're up there on the upper echelon yeah. of their careers and they're doing that, what's to say that I shouldn't do it? Right. And I, I had that moment where mm-hmm. I started going to, I started going to Al-Anon mm-hmm. and, um, I remembered in an interview on Mark Maron's podcast, a, mm-hmm. a female comedian super successful. Mm-hmm. Um, she talked about going to Al-Anon, and I realized, oh my god, that that means that means I can still be successful and deal yeah. with these character defects. Yeah. Oh, that's a great realization. Absolutely. Yeah, because I was like, what if I? I always in my recovery have this fear, and I don't know if you have this mm-hmm. as your, you know, especially with the mania, because you have mania comes with superpowers. Yeah, yeah. Superpowers. You're not yourself when you're manic. You're not yourself. You can get, you don't need sleep. You can get everything done. And that must be so hard to turn away from. (laughs) And I think for me, uh, I was like, oh no, if I turn away from these character defects, it's going to change the way I am in my career. And therefore, no one's going to want in this like relationship based business, no one's going to want me around is what my fear told me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered that. I remember I actually said it to my Elanon sponsor. I was just driving along and I was like, you know who, there's this really, there's a role model for me in the world. Uh, <laughs> and she was like, great, read her book. And I was yeah. like, okay. Uh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what would you say, with that in mind, what would you say are your, um, 
the the character defects that have been kind of the hardest to what would you call them depression traits what would you call them you know i think ways that you act out yeah i mean with mania the the problem with it is with mania have come some of the best moments of my life so like the best orgasm i've ever had was i was manic or the best time I've ever been on stage as a comic was I was completely manic and didn't sleep for two days and I've never felt better. And everybody was like, what happened? Like, what, are you okay? And I was like, they were like, that was amazing. And I was like, I didn't sleep. And they're like, stop sleeping. Go back. Like do that. And I'm like, that's Jesus. Not- oh yeah. Only yeah. comedians. Exactly. Yeah. That, I was like, <laughs> that thing that's killing you, it's making you funnier. Exactly. Keep doing it. Yeah. Double down. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It, Fucking it, a. It's, but, the, but to me, uh, you know, yeah, so those defects, I think with depression, just who I am as a person, I'm very trusting. I think I'm too trusting. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, de- a, a character defect I, I need to work on. Also, um, being not, – not that it's too open or honest about it on Facebook, but it's to the point where – I'm so honest about it that if I meet somebody new, I'm almost like, hi, I'm Casey Moran. I have depression. Like, I don't need to do that. <laughs> you know, like you know, it's, 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 it's way too, I'm way too honest about it. Some people don't need to know that. They don't need to know your life story. Um, that's the thing people who get nearly sober do. That's yeah. why, that's why yeah. I try not to interview people in their first year mm-hmm. because it's easy to get into that place of like, hi, I'm Anna and I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic and I'm going to tell you all about it. And I have right. two and a half months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going to exactly. convert everyone. Right. Yeah, exactly. They have to show you their first chip. And I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up going around to, you know, AA meetings and any meetings. My mom is a recovering addict on pain pills mm-hmm. and she's been sober for 25 five years now. Wow. And so to me, it's like, I grew up going to those meetings and like, I still remember like people sharing their story and I just kind of knew like, I don't want that life. I don't want to yeah. be an addict. I hope not. It might be in my blood. I don't know what's going to happen. But it's the difference between you and me. Cause I grew up going to meetings and then I was like, that sounds cool. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. See, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, this one guy, I'll never forget it. He got a cappuccino machine for Christmas and he was talking about how he was trying to set it up and he couldn't figure it out. And he kept – and he was like pushing all these buttons. He was reading the directions. He couldn't figure it out. And he was he had a, a meltdown at this meeting. I just want a beer. I just want alcohol. And he's just like – he was like explaining it. And I was like, I can't be that guy. I just can't be <laughs> that guy. That's pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, all from not being able to work an espresso machine? Exactly. But that's the thing is wow. his alcoholism came out in that moment of like – if I just had a beer, I'd be able to figure this out or I'd calm down. And I, I don't know what happened to that guy, but I wish I knew what he looked like and I would just go thank him. If you're listening, cappuccino guy, <laughs> we hope you're still sober and that you figured out how to use your cappuccino machine. There's Keurigs now, dude. So we're good. macchiato. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, but yeah, I mean, character traits for sure are just being, it's not being too kind. It's just being too trusting and, being a nice guy, it's not, I don't really believe that nice guys finish last, but I do know that um, people can take advantage of you. And that's one thing that I've learned through comedy of like, okay, I need to find the people I want to surround myself with and not the ones that are just trying to use me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I found those people. And so to me, I, I just am trying to work on that of not letting too many people into my life because I don't want to get hurt by someone else. Or maybe even check your motives. Like if you want to let somebody in because you genuinely care about them, let them in 
Um, but uh, understand that the expectations have to be clear. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, with the codependency or the Al-Anon stuff, there's a switcheroo. It's like, I was nice to you. Yeah. I mm. have expectations that I didn't even realize about your behavior, and I want you to do them now. Exactly. And I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've been manipulating you. I mean, people pleasing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I think I'm addicted to people pleasing. I think I've, I, I think I got into comedy because I heard people talk about it on podcasts about how it saved their life. But I stayed in comedy because I was giving people stage time and getting – and people were – maybe not everyone, but they were growing and I, I felt like I was helping them. And I think I stayed in it because I felt liked be, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I was – was I liked or was I – I mean I was liked by the people I care about. But I think more so than anything, people just want that stage time and and to be treated well. And so – uh, you know, people pleasing is probably my biggest addiction. I could tell you had like twenty comics on a flyer. Every flyer, <laughs> <laughs> sure did. You're absolutely right. Oh my I god! I was like, geez, that is, that is a true characteristic <laughs> yeah, of the Casey Show. It'd be like everybody comics per show. <laughs> Seven uh, minutes sets. And, you run the light. It's cool. And all really good comics. I yeah. show. It was all generally the, all best. It, was, it was a great show. In a room show. with no air conditioning. It, always, <laughs> always, yeah. But yeah. it lasted about as long as a, a Peter Jackson movie. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's true. It's so t- Alex was on my final show. Anna couldn't make it, but uh, I should have gone. To, I should have gone too. I was, was. I was committed to another show, and it was. No, and I, Anna I had it. a wedding to go to the next day, and I should have gone to your show. It would have been way better. I was. I was it, bummed out that I didn't go to your show. I, we, you, you would have definitely missed. But it was so fun because every time I was looking at it, I was like, oh yeah, no, I planned for this amount of time and it went over two hours. Like, Hilarious. It was just, oh, it was yeah, it had to. It's All those just... people who go to your shows regularly, just saints, just they're comedy the, the saints. Because they would stay for the whole time. Every time. Get there on they time. And they were popping the whole time yeah, the whole and I was time. like, oh man, I'm going late in the lineup. Where is the, yeah. where Toward the are end, the they get all come? tired looking. They're still popping the whole right. time. I purposely put myself at the end because I knew they were staying for that. You know, it was my oh. final show. So I was like, anybody that goes before is going to be fine. Like, yeah. You know, unless you're a triplets. Um, <laughs> I love those guys. They're my favorite. I love them too. My favorite. Okay, so I oh, so the, the Versi triplets made it onto the the Gong Show, yeah. and they were wearing uh, identical uh, tank tops with their faces on them. Right. And I asked them where I could buy them, and that is my favorite workout shirt in the world. People like stare at me with confusion and fear and anger. <laughs> They're like, why Why does she have three identical men on her shirt? What is this? <laughs> they, when they found out, somebody took a picture of you at a mic wearing that and they were like, I will, I'm going to buy every <laughs> Anna Valenzuela merchandise. They were so like, they were, they, every time that your name comes up in some way, they were like, we oh. love Anna. I love the Verses. They are good hearted humans and yeah. And they've grown so much. They really have. And they're they're like they've grown so much as people. It's so much as comedians. And my prediction, this is what I'm predicting, is that in three to five years, the Verzies are gonna rule the world. <laughs> and all you guys who are like, except for the Verzies, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like, I was on Team Verzi from day one. I got the T-shirt. I know this. They're gems. I, and they're very professional and they're sweet. I have been on. Team Verzi since day one, but we like to bust each other's balls. And, they like, and, and, and 
to me, uh, well, because, they're the best. Because they, like every other, the difference between their act and any other act is there's three of them. Yeah. So everything is compounded by three. So if one of them is bombing, <laughs> all three of them are eating it's, a dick hard. It's the best. It's, <laughs> it's like the most gnarly bro. thing to ever watch. It's the I think they might be the bravest people in comedy. <laughs> yeah, right. It's literally yeah. the bravest people in comedy. Their roast battle is something I watch. When I'm depressed, I watch that. All the time, it makes oh, me so happy. With the, uh, the with the wave, yeah, yeah, with it's, the joke, I was like, I don't know, it's too inside, yeah. and they just knocked it out of the it, park. It was it, geniuses. It, it obliterated that room. I was like, that's the only time I've seen them kill that hard, right? And and they, that's, but like, I, I remember Josh Myers. Shots fired. Like, sorry, no, they were. I remember Josh Myers was like, I've never seen you guys do well before. Something. Like that. <laughs> it was like, it was like a a, Josh something like that. Yeah, it was. Aww. It was just uh, such love. Yeah, you know, but. To me, it's uh, those guys are are just they're they're amazing and um, but doing doing shows and it it really mentally drained me like with my yeah. depression of like if I get one more fucking you know Facebook message from somebody with a YouTube video of a clip I need I already do, I don't need to see it anymore like if you all you need to do is like, Anna suggested me Alex suggested me done you're on a show yeah. like I don't need to watch a seven minute clip of something I don't want to watch right that's now. poorly lit yeah exactly yeah it sounds like it was shot underwater yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 what is your how do you experience forgiveness you know that's a great question to me um lately I've been I've been reaching out to people that I feel like I've wronged before like uh and just like apologizing and none of them remembered it or thought it was a big deal. But to me, I'm trying to get forgiveness on things that I thought were a a big thing. Um, And then also on the flip side, I'm forgiving people if they wronged me, if if somebody comes out and says anything, which they haven't really. But um, one particular thing that comes to mind is when I lived in Oklahoma for a little bit, Mm -hmm. I worked at an outdoor school just to get away. And it was like, you know, you're teaching outdoor education. I was terrible at it because I, I get lost on school, hikes. Yeah. yeah, I got lost on hikes and like it was just oh, awful. Oh, it's like a wilderness program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was teaching these kids how to hike and I was getting them lost every day. It was brutal. They were the easiest hikes ever. I'm the worst, you know. Hilarious. It was just, I, I just didn't know what I was doing. But uh, I was drinking more than I, I really ever was because we would go out to like it was a small town. It was like Gilmore Girls. It was like 2,000 people. Nobody was, you know, like they had one stoplight, like a Pizza Hut, dine-in Pizza Hut. Wow. It was just like, it was just like, it was crazy. And we would go to Ardmore to go where the bars were, and uh, which is the closest town. And this, I'd go with this one kid. He was like 22 and I was 27. And we were just getting hammered on our off days. And one time we went out and came back and it was super late at night. We went to a party and I was drunk and I passed out in the – I didn't have my car, so I passed out in the passenger side. I woke up in the middle of, like, of the drive and I don't know why. And then when oh, we got shit. back, he told me that he fell asleep at the wheel and stopped right before we went off a cliff. No. And it would have killed us. And I've never talked about this. And um, a little bit ago, he called me with someone else that we knew and just in tears and apologized for it. Wow. wow. And to me – it's the way depression works is like part of me was happy because if I was going to die, it would have been non-suicide related. 
and I wasn't the one at fault. Right. And so part of me was like, well, I wish I went that way. And the other part is like, I'm so happy I'm alive. And I don't even know that that happened because I don't recall it. So when he called, I completely forgave him because that takes a lot for somebody to call and go, oh, listen, yeah. man, like, I am so sorry. I, you know, could have cost you our lives. Uh, and we should have handled this is before like Uber and stuff. This is before. And I really think Uber and Lyft are saving people's lives. I really yeah. believe that, mm-hmm. you know, um, to me. When someone gets a DUI now, I'm like, yeah, how did that happen? Absolutely. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. you, you, yeah. earn, you, for, you earn that DUI. Yeah, you for yeah. sure are an alcoholic. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> but to, to me, it's like, uh, I I mean, unless you like kill my mom, I'm going to forgive most yeah. people. It, it's just going to take time for me to like, to really come to terms with what happened. And um, forgiveness is tough because it's, when you're forgiving that person, if it's something that's big, you might be welcoming the door of that happening again. So like if you, if, if you, they wrong you in some way and you go, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. They can do it again because you were so cool about it. So you have to let them know when you're forgiving them that, listen, I hope this doesn't happen again. If it does, we're done as a friend or relationship because yeah. You know, forgiveness is like a get out of jail free free card. You know, yeah. it can be. I I, I, I can I, disagree. My experience, please, please. My my experience <laughs> is, is that you can forgive someone and also not allow that behavior again. Like right. I had a I had a situation with a a person who I was pretty close friends with, and and she kind of violated my trust. Right. Um, and I said like, hey, just so you know, like you violated my trust and I want you to know that I forgive you. Um, but that's not a person I have a friendship with anymore, really. I've distanced myself quite a bit. And the, and the reason is, is, you know, not because I don't forgive her, I forgive her with my whole heart, I really do. Um, but I also kind of like, I can separate her from her behavior Right. Right. And I and if I don't want to allow that behavior into my life again, I have to create some distance. That's that's very smart. Yeah. And I and I think that, you know, in the future it might be different. But for right now, what I need is that distance. I need the detachment in order to to kind of be able to to just be okay with it. But um, it was uh, I think the. There's. It took a lot of years and a lot of practice mm-hmm. to get into a place where I could forgive somebody and, and move forward. You know, right? Um, mostly with my family. Like, like if I want to have a relationship with a lot of my family members, I had to forgive them. Right. If I want to ask for forgiveness from other people, I have to be able to forgive. Yeah. I can't. I can't have it both ways. That's, yeah, that's huge. You're right about that. I mean, I think it depends on, on the person in the situation. Uh, for me, it's never been to that extent. You know, that's you being an adult and being more mature than I could be. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying it like that. I'm no, just no, no, saying, no, you're, no like, but you're, I think there's a way. I think is, I figured no. it out. I don't know quite, I don't 100% know the mechanics of it. Right. But hey, a lot hey of it, queen over here. <laughs> I hate to be the person to, to like lose a friend like Anna. You know, like if you... <laughs> I did, I, but like, if I would like piss you off, and I, I would just not, I, I, I would just be furious <laughs> in my life. Like, I, it takes a lot though. You've been through a lot, so d- it does it, take a yeah. lot for me to get yeah. to a point where I'm like, you know what? I need a break like, from you. Or, I need a yeah, break. Like, this was not, this was not okay. Like, right. yeah, it does, it does take a lot, but it can occur. Right? Like, how are where you? I just lose my shit. Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> I don't. I can't even imagine. Like, yeah. how are you with forgiveness and all that? I think with 
forgiveness, I definitely do it, but I had a really bad anger problem and that that's like connected to my ability to forgive. Like I would forgive, but then I would also seek out to ruin people completely and that's very unhealthy because you spend a lot of time there and you that's not true forgiveness only through the program have I like learned what true forgiveness is is to sit down write it down dump it out of my head talk to the person and really confront them with it face to face not through like a messenger or through like a phone yeah. call or something to sit down and because it's that heavy on me right where I I have like the blood of warlords in me. And like, <laughs> he truly does. I've seen this behavior. I've seen you just be like, I'm going to ruin that guy. Yeah, it's <laughs> I'm really like, Whoa. bad. Like, and it's then you the got sober and it changed. <laughs> yeah, completely. I had it because I was like, oh no, this person's, you'll never work in this town again. Just, like, it's terrible. Just the just the, the ire of just, just like generation, like sort of like mm-hmm. a um, like a gangster. Yeah. You would have kind of like a gangster mentality. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a mm-hmm. pit bull where, you know, we used to be war dogs and now so we're funny. like, no, we're so like allowed funny. in the house, but we'll also like kill your family yeah, if we snap. Yeah. It's bad. And I think that saved me a lot from burning a lot of bridges down. Right. And I really value my relationships. That's the one thing that really saved things for me, sitting down, forgiving people. And then that behavior really trickles down into my new relationships or my ones that are developing because I, I think people are just great right people in general that's really helped me too is to push my get myself out the house and realize that not everyone's out to get me yeah because i've seen people change i realized some of it is me changing and then to push that forward onto newer newer developments in relationships and that that's like I could track the progress of just like the little reactions mm-hmm. on my own behalf right. to where I'm not seeking out vengeance or like if somebody says something sideways to me, I'm not going to be like, oh, oh, you said that thing. Guess what? It goes on your little shelf in my head uh, and yeah. just keep adding on little things on that person's shelf. In this, it looks like fucking Game of Thrones, where all the heads are on the wall, <laughs> and like the house of like no yeah. no faces. It looks like that, but luckily I was able to rip all that down and realize like none of it matters. Wow, none of that matters. Yeah. I should stop keeping tabs on people only for roast battle, but like <laughs> I shouldn't do any of that because it's very unhealthy and it takes up a lot of consciousness right. and subconsciousness, which is something we can't control, and. When you're that angry at somebody, anybody that even remotely looks like him, you have a problem with. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I that, don't like your face. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like <laughs> your genetic makeup. Like, you, you fuck your bone structure, you know? Looks like that person. Like, what was, like, what, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, that's fine. It was just one last little thing that I found interesting. Is like, my, uh, my ex, my fiance's ex-boyfriend was a ginger Okay, and then for a little while, because I didn't like him so to the point, because I'm just like, oh, you're immediately my enemy, and so I couldn't even look at 
the the ginger vegetable <laughs> without thinking oh my of, I'm like, oh my God, let's not, I hate ginger seasoning because it reminds me of that because my brain is so interconnected. Like, it's so funny. Is that why you battled Doug It's Fager? so stupid. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I got a oh. I got a bone to pick with all you redheads. That's right. It became like a ginger racist. Right. That's wow. so funny. It's dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> well, we're 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 closing in on the end here. Cool. So, how what would you say is your like of the apologies you've made? Mm-hmm. Most of them were pretty much like, nah, like I don't even remember what was like the weirdest one of those. Um, you know, there was a. There was a kid. This is so bad. There was a kid that I got suspended for in high school as a junior. I was throw. I threw a chicken nugget at him, and I got suspended for that. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, but like people were throwing things at this kid all the time. He was carrying a briefcase around. It was definitely bullying. And <laughs> I mean, it, was, you were like in his in my defense. He right. was carrying. It was the nineties. Oh, he was carrying God. a briefcase. Right, right. It was a problem. It, well, I mean, to me, like. Looking back, like this is 2004, so this is before social media. Really, I mean, that was when MySpace was really kind of starting. But nobody really, and they had like really crappy camera phones. So like, you you probably could have. I mean, he, that was like school shootings had already happened. Like he totally could have had a gun in that thing. I don't know. Damn. And um, I got in trouble for throwing a chicken. T- it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Other people were doing it. I just the one that got caught. Somebody saw me. And I had got my license that day, so I was on campus for, like, four minutes. Like, I literally just went to Burger King, got, you know, it came to school at lunch, and then uh, then that happened. I got suspended for two days. And I found him on, uh, this is how old, like, MySpace, and just, like, I am so, this was, like, not even that long after it. And I was, like, I am so sorry. And he's, like, dude, I forgot that happened. Yeah. And, like, to me, something that I could not sleep at night knowing, like, I, I, Playing the, ta- the shame yeah. tape. Right. I continued. You know hey, what I, it's midnight. Yeah. Are you ready for? Exactly. <laughs> do you know where your past shames are? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought, and, and my biggest thing was, it wasn't even mad, like that act was bad, but mm-hmm. in my senior yearbook, they asked me like a quote and I was like, be kind to people and don't throw chicken tenders at weird kids because they will tell on you. And I didn't think they'd Hilarious. print that. They printed that. No! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. And, and that's the thing is like, I added on to that and that that bothered me uh, for a long time and when I talked about it I've kept thinking of like Billy Madison and Steve Buscemi like that was the he had that hit list of mm-hmm. like you know of people he was you know he was gonna go after and he called and just apologized for that and he crossed him out and then he ended up like saving his life like I thought like what if this guy turns into that person for me you know mm-hmm. like what if this person holds that resentment and I'm sure I've done things for people that I don't even know but like I would like to to just apologize for any behavior that uh, I did to, to hurt somebody's feelings, you know? Yeah. What Casey is saying is that he doesn't want to be shot. Right? Yeah, so absolutely. Don't, don't... <laughs> right. I, you know. Uh, you trench coats at home. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? Leave your trench coats at home. How do you manage your depression on a daily basis? That's a tough one. That's a great question. To me, it's I, I try to write 
you know, a list of things I need to get done for the day and they're small, like as small as like getting up and taking a shower, getting up and I'm actually a bath guy, Epsom salt, hey. bath oh, bombs, hey. lavender, Treat all yourself. day, oh, all day, man. I mean, you know, if I was a terrorist, it'd be a bath bomb terrorist for sure. <laughs> That's the funniest thing. You're adorable. <laughs> it's the cutest joke I've ever heard. Get out. Get I love out. it. I love it. No, I don't. I'm not that cool. I uh, like that joke. What are you doing? I love Stepmom it. humor? Like, That's adorable. That's so cute. They like dad jokes up. on this podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd be a sure. bath bomb terrorist. For sure. Hilarious. Now I'm going to shoot you. Oh, like, <laughs> so bad. I, You're I bad guy. That. I love now, that. Now that I know that, I'm going to turn you into some body scrubs. Oh, oh. That bath, it, it, they're the best. They do help with my depression yeah. for sure. Yeah. But to me, I try to write a list of things I need to get done for the day and, and, even if you don't finish it, be grateful for the ones and be, you know, be appreciative uh, and, and proud that you got through some of them. Um, also, I always try to reach out to like one person a day and just see how they're doing. Nice. Like nice. just like in Get a, outside of yourself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just like, hey, how are you? We haven't talked in a while. Or like somebody I talk to every – like I have to just touch base with someone. Um, if they're on my mind for anything, especially if you're like going shopping and you see something that reminds you of someone like – and just – Oh, I saw this. I thought of you. You know, what are you up to? Like that. It just, to me, it's, it's trying to look at what you're going through and see like the, and and know that a, you're not alone when you're feeling down and also b uh, there's been a lot of people in your life that come and go. And, you know, whether you talk to them or not, you should just see how, how they're doing. Like I, you know, so I try to do that. I also try to, uh, you know, after work, I, I work in this field now that it's like, really stressful so when i leave uh i just try to not take so much work home with me oh that is if you work somewhere that's really stressful if you work with people in a vulnerable situation yes wherever it is take a few minutes to transition from the emotional space of work to the emotional space of wherever you're heading next yeah and I, I would say this is true with comedians too. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really easy to kind of like rush from one thing to another and not transition emotionally. And man, does it show mm-hmm. for me when I'm on stage, when I'm interacting with other people. If I'm going from like a tough relationship conversation to like a party, mm-hmm. like that's not that's not a good emotional transition. You Take got, a second. Yeah, right. You got a code switch. Yeah, play a little song. Do a little one-minute meditation. Yeah. You know, fart real loud and giggle. Do something. Uh, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, throw a chicken nugget at someone. Oh, <laughs> don't throw a chicken nugget. That is so bad. You, get you love that? Oh, man. I think it's hilarious. It's like that. It was a Burger King yeah. chicken nugget, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're the best. Finger. Shout out uh, to Burger King. Uh, sponsor man, us. Man, they should sponsor Burger you guys. Burger King. Hilarious. Yeah. Um... <laughs> You guys do Silly. a live podcast. People start throwing chicken tenders at you. That'd be oh my fucking god, great. that would be really. Oh, funny. that'd be that'd be delicious. That. For starving it. people, we'd probably just try to catch them with our mouths. <laughs> I um, love that. The seventh tradition is all chicken. Awesome. <laughs> what a chicken tradition! I love it. What's um okay? God, no God, higher power. God for sure. Um, okay, but I don't. I'm not, like I used to go to church all the time, and like I was. I don't even know if we were raised Catholic. My dad's a principal of a Catholic high school, has for many, you know, been there for many years. And, uh, but he never pushed religion on us, which I love. Like I didn't get baptized till I was 22. Um, I did it all on my own. And, and, you know, I, I honestly, 
I went through a phase of like hanging. I hung out with a lot of Mormons. I played volleyball. Mormons love. I used to hang with a lot of Mormons too. I love that. Yeah, I love that. yeah, yeah. What? They're very welcoming people. They're also <laughs> no, I bet. People ask they me, party like, real hard too. Yeah. People would be like, "Why oh, do you yeah, hang out do. with Mormons?" I'm like, "Because they're more man than Alex." <laughs> hey, oh, you... that's a dad joke. And a half. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've only had a chicken nugget or a, bo- <laughs> or a bottle of ketchup. Oh, oh man. no. Oh, chicken nuggets and oh, uh, have you ever dipped chicken in ketchup? Oh, I've dipped it in everything. Bar, have you? It's the yeah. devil. Nutella? Well, come on, be, reason- be reasonable. <laughs> it's everything, man. Oh, come on, guys, yeah. it's delicious. A, a n- Nutella it's flavored nugget. It's oh, the best. It's the best. <laughs> you gotta try it. <laughs> Love that. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. I don't believe that you need to go to church every Sunday or every day to have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I know people that are just Christmas Eve and Easter guys, you know, okay. mm-hmm. that just go on those days, but they have a relationship with God. Um, I don't, I never preach my religion on anyone because it's like politics. Uh, you just, you don't bring that up because it. it's just going to cause a fight and you're never going to be gonna able to sweat. Weird. They're always going to believe mm-hmm. what they're going to believe. Sports is like that now. I mm. can't talk sports. I know them very well, but it's going to cause a fight. It doesn't matter how many statistics you bring up. They're going to believe that whatever they their team is the best or that player is the best and there's nothing. I've seen bar fights happen over it. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And those people aren't those players aren't going home fighting over you, you know. <laughs> so, so to, what? Yeah, right. So to True. me it's yeah. So and, and I feel the same way with with religion and, and politics. That should be a sign outside of many a sports game. Hey, guys, yeah. just so you know. Yeah. None of these people are going home and fighting over you. Right. That's so, like, don't hilarious. fight over them. Yeah. My, Mike Trout, as great as he is, is going home to his hot wife and his big house and, you just know. doing a little best best uh, baseball player in the history of anything dance. Oh, love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they got Otani now, so I knew you'd be happy about that. Asians, you know? Jeez. Good to be here. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, we better land this boat. Son of a bitch. For like, <laughs> heaven's sake. What is, okay. I'm triggered. What is, what would you just say to someone like you in the world? Like, what would you want to give give back? Um, I mean, it's so cliche, but just to know that, that you're not alone in whatever you're dealing with, that there are people that are going through the same things that you are, and that uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, look inside yourself and realize that like you're worth, you know, living here. Like you yeah. should always, whether, you know, you're having problems at home or, or at school or work or whatever it is, like you're loved and that you need to try to do your best and appreciate what is going on. I'm never going to say, hold your head up. I don't like that. I just don't like that. I don't, I don't yeah. really agree with that, but I think that you need to do your best every day and if it, if you need to isolate and take a day for you, a mental health day or whatever, it doesn't matter. Do that. Whatever yeah. helps. But just know that you're not alone at the end of the day. That's beautiful. Yeah, and, yeah, and even to piggyback off of that, what you were saying earlier really um, interested me about the whole, like, you've been fighting something for 15 years. Hey, what's 16? Right. What is 17? Exactly. That's yeah. just another year. Keep fucking fighting for whatever the hell you want, you believe in. Come on. Absolutely. I mean, if you put the time and energy in anything for 15 years, you can't let go of it now, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you just got to keep moving forward the best you can. You know, it just, it's, it's crazy to know that at 16, when I was diagnosed, that I was going to be, 
you know, 31 and still talking about it. At that time, I thought maybe I could beat the thing. And now I know I'm probably going to live with it the rest of my life, but I can I can maintain it the best I can and I can surround myself with great people like your, you guys and other people and, and, and just continue to better myself the best way I can and be kind to people and not throw chicken tenders, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All comes back around. That's right. <laughs> All right, Solid. Casey, where can people reach out to you to come speak at their schools or oh, to yeah. give them a pep talk or to, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Facebook, just Casey Moran, and then uh, Casey Moran one on Twitter and Casey Moran eleven on Instagram, and all. And my email is Casey Moran C A S E Y M O R A N zero the number zero at gmail dot com. And what's your social? Don't answer that. <laughs> I Don't answer did. that. <laughs> oh my god! You gave like all the information I, out. Just. I know. He was just like everybody hit me up. <laughs> but awesome. no, seriously, uh, hit Casey up. He's a wealth of information. Sweetheart. And he wants Sweetheart. to wants to come and motivationally speak. That's what he wants to do. Yeah, I just want to share my story and hopefully it can help. Even if it's one person, that would be right. huge for me. And I thank you guys for just being great friends and being there when I'm at my lowest. And it, it means Likewise. a lot, seriously. Yeah. Likewise. Likewise, dude. You're, you were one of the first pe- people to reach out when I was going through my shit. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I remember yeah. those moments. Right back at you, man. Thank yeah. you so much. And I've, I've definitely, I know, because every once in a while you just text me out of the blue. I will. And I, and hey. I, I appreciate hey. that. I it's appreciate not even it. a hey you up. It's like, hey, you down? <laughs> <laughs> I'm you depressed <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how's it going? I'm bleeding on everything. <laughs> How are you? Yeah. I'm like, Eeyore. I'm crying on everything. <laughs> okay. It's like, do you want to do you want to meet up? No, no me neither. <laughs> no. Stay home and play my violin. Just want to be sad. Yeah, like, we'll wear this adult diaper in peace. <laughs> Let's go get food. I'm gluten free. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm late. Can't to even catch eat up. a chicken tender. Wrap it in bread. I'm just watching Mormon tapes. Just oh, being man. sad. All right, <laughs> Alex, where can people find you to oh, book man. you on their commercials and auditions and whatnot? And comedy shows. And comedy shows. I am on, uh, well, why did I get Asking Brooklyn there? I'm on all the, I am so. on, I got an accent. Hey, fucking Eddie, I'm, I'm on all the social medias <laughs> at Dapper Duong, all right? That's D-A-P-P-E-R-D-U-O-N-G. <laughs> Add me, I'll follow you, I'll follow you back, Okay. <laughs> oh my god uh, and you can find me at Anna V is fun that's Anna with two N's on Twitter and Instagram uh, and you can find me at my website com. and guys Alex I haven't seen you in forever yes if no one's told you this today I love you man I love you too and we oh, oh, love you, Casey. All right. I love you, guys. Casey. If no one's told you this oh, today, I love this. Love you. No. Are we doing the rocket power thing? Hold, yeah, we're rocket power. We're all holding hands, everybody. And oh, uh, in case, delicious. in case no one's told you guys this, and you're listening, uh, we love you. Bye. Bye. Mike, we're done. Uh, bye. Okay. That was fun. That was great. Thank you. Jeez. Sorry about one. being late, guys. Wow, yeah, that, that was, was a good one. That yeah. was awesome. Felt. Good. Super organic. Can we get one of these guys in the picture? Yes. Yes. I was just thinking about that. We should take a picture in here. Post it to the Instagram.